Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with my friend, Ann Trost, and we are talking about minimalism and how that can just bring ease to your homeschool day. It is something that we all need to do in one way or another is just to simplify. I mean, it can get so overwhelming, especially when you have multiple kids, multiple books, multiple curricula, like there's just so much all over the place. And then you've got a house on top of it that you have to keep control of and Oh my goodness, it can be so super overwhelming. So we're talking this week about just how to simplify your world of homeschooling. And so thank you for being with us. If you missed Monday's episode, go back and listen to that episode um, where we we gave some principles of minimalism there. Um, And we also talked about our upcoming conference next week. You guys, it starts like five weeks, not five weeks, five days from today if you're listening to this on the day this podcast drops. Um, But it starts in just five days, you guys. We're so excited. It's the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. It is an online, live, interactive conference. So it doesn't matter where you live in the world, you can join us for this conference and be part of it. Ask questions, interact with us, let us know that you're there. And please do that, interact with us during the conference. It is the, the most exciting thing. It's like talking to an audience. You know, you can either talk to an empty room or you can talk to an audience who's super engaged and it's always more fun to talk to an audience who's engaged. So um, join us for that homegrowngeneration.com. Use the code HG25 to get 25% off of registration. Um, and welcome back. I'm, I love talking about minimalism. I love talking about homeschooling, obviously, because this is a homeschool podcast. Um, and so that's what we're focusing on today. But before we get back into it, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. Do you guys want help managing your homeschool day. because that's what we're talking about, right? Minimalism and trying to figure it all out. Well, BJU Press Homeschool has a new homeschool hub that truly can dramatically simplify your homeschool. You'll be able to see your child's workload, document grades, modify schedules, and more. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub is the resource you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the hub can change your homeschooling. It's BJU Press Homeschool. Dot com. All right. And thank you for coming back with me today. Welcome back. Thank um, you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about minimalism. And um, Monday's episode, we talked about a couple of things. We talked about determining your priorities, um, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast at various stages. We did an episode with um, uh, Zan Tyler quite some time ago, maybe it was about a year ago. And we talked about creating a vision for your homeschool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of kind of that journey of like figuring out where do you want to go? You know, where yes. where is this journey taking you? So figure out what your vision is, determine what your priorities are for your kids. Uh, your top priority always should be, of course, pointing them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing more important than that. Um, eliminating clutter. We talked about that. And then we talked about quality over quantity. Um, so let's keep going down this list yeah. of principles um, of minimalism um, that we can apply to our homeschool. Yeah, I would say um, one place to start before you start decluttering your homeschool and and applying minimalism to your homeschool, it would be great to apply the principles of minimalism to the space in your house where you do homeschooling. Mm -hmm. So um, just eliminating the clutter in those rooms, because it will it will have just such an immediate effect on your children, on the stress level, the feelings of overwhelm. And just it will increase creativity and attention. And so I thought I would mention that that's a really great place to start. If you want to have the 
best impact of minimalism on your homeschooling, you start in the in the spaces in your home mm-hmm. that you're doing homeschooling. Um, so let, can we park there just for a second? Sure. So when you say that, do you, I know some people have a homeschool room. Some people don't. We have a room, kind of homeschool room in our house now, um, but really it's more of kind of our dumping grounds. And we always do school in the living room. Always. Mm-hmm. We always have, that's just where it happens. We don't even sit at the table. Like we sit on the sofa with our mm-hmm. legs propped up and that's mm-hmm. where my girls do math. That's where we do reading. That's where we do almost all of our homeschooling. Yes. Um, but I keep our stuff in another room on bookshelves because of that reason, because I feel like if it's all in the same room where we're trying to learn that the the visual clutter around us, and that's really what you're talking about is just mm-hmm. the visual clutter can seem distracting and overwhelming. Yes. So do you homeschool in a specific spot where you keep all of your stuff or do you keep your stuff kind of separate in, in a different area, maybe a closet or a different room or something? So we, like you, we, we homeschool in our main living area. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of it is happening in our living room, our kitchen, our dining room. Um, some of my older kids, sometimes they'll go off. They, we have a couple of desk areas throughout the house where they can go. Um, uh-huh. But each of our kids have a basket where they keep their belongings. I like that it's a basket because it, when when they're not doing it, they can take their things out. But when they're not using it, it looks like a basket. You don't yeah. see a bunch of books and workbooks that you feel like, oh, that's work waiting for me in the living room. And um, so each of them have a basket. And then I have a storage closet with things that we aren't using at the moment. And so I have just those selected items in a different room. They're not in our regular room. Okay. Um, and then we have an office where we just have really more like our personal books and uh, an additional quiet space to work for somebody mm-hmm. who wants to, but yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, yeah. so then really quickly talk to the mom who maybe lives in a really small home, maybe even, mm-hmm. you know, like a, you know, one or two bedroom apartment and they just don't have any space to put the other stuff away that maybe they're not using. They don't have spaces for baskets, all that stuff, because everyone's living situation is different. Yep. Um, how would you encourage that mom to eliminate the clutter that's around them um, when this, when there's just not a lot of space? Yeah, so in a way that almost makes it easier because sometimes the best tool we have in minimalism is a boundary. And so to have a boundary, um, you know, what, what my boundary is in our living space is I have a basket, a morning basket, and what fits in that morning basket is what we do together in that space. I don't go off and grab things from other places. And so truly what we really need for homeschooling fits in that basket. Yeah. And um, I donate things. We have a local homeschooling building, so I'm able to donate things. So what I would say is choose a boundary that fits in your home mm-hmm. and choose the very best, most valuable things, put them in that boundary and let the other things go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Love it. One of the things I discovered quite some time ago is those um, under the bed boxes, you know, they're kind of flat and they just slide under the bed. And I've got, I think three of those um, in our spare room that just has stuff that I I don't want to get rid of because I think I'm going to use it at some Mm -hmm. point. I probably will, but it's out of sight and it's out of my way. And so I just slide those under that bed and um, you know, it doesn't have to be on a bookcase or anything like that. And it's just not visible. And those are a great tool for hiding things. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> beds are a good place to hide things, in, yes. including playing hide and seek with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
So, okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing and providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Anne. Um, Okay, let's keep going on this list. I'm loving this. I'm making notes over here on my notepad. I don't know if people know this. I actually have a notepad that I sent that sits next to me when I record. And I always take notes for myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do I do next? What is the best next thing? Um, so what's, what's your next point? I think another way that we can apply minimalism to our homeschool is to realize that less can be more. I think sometimes we look at that, that institutional mindset. We're all familiar with school and how long a school day takes. And um, I think just realizing that okay, we're going to be doing this a lot uh, for a lot shorter period of time and we can have much shorter lessons. And I think sometimes we think, oh, if we're not doing math for an hour, we're not doing as much as we should. Whereas actually there's a lot of research that shows the shorter lessons, your mind is actively engaged that entire time. It's the most efficient way to learn. And then you take a break, maybe a movement break, and then go into another short lesson. It's actually really effective And I think it's hard for people to believe that because we're so used to having children in school for eight hours. Um, But really, really focusing on more is not always better, but really kind of minimizing it down to just kind of that heart, the heart of the lesson and and um, yeah, doing it in a short way. I find with my girls that, you know, for reading something and this, it depends on what we're reading, but, you know, if we're reading maybe through like a history lesson, and it gets really lengthy. It's like, you can just see the looks on their faces and that deer in the headlights look like, oh my goodness, when is this going to end? You know, yes. whereas in the beginning, they're engaged and they're listening and they're grasping what they're hearing. But as time goes on, their brains just start to check out. And and then it's just a waste of time, really. It is, right, right, exactly. And I think Charlotte Mason really kind of helped me with that because that that is her approach, you know, where you do shorter lessons. Yeah. And I just loved having that permission. And then when I actually tried it, it was very effective and I was so excited to see the fruit. But I think that first step of actually trying it and believing it could be good is kind of the hardest step. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So take us really quickly through, and we're going to detour a little bit here. Take us through what a typical homeschool day would look like for your family, just kind of overall? Because if you're doing shorter lessons, you do morning basket, kind of walk us through your day. Yeah, so um, we vary our days just a little bit um, because I I try to do nature study once a week. So some of our days are 
you know, once a week look like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, each morning when we do school, we, we do morning basket pretty quickly after they do breakfast and things like that. And so we gather together and do short things in our morning basket. Sometimes we take a little break. Um, maybe they go right in their narration notebook and then come back and we read a little bit more together. Um, and then we break off and do some of those skill subjects individually. And then I can go around to those who need me. We have, we have older students that are much more independent learners now. So I spend a lot more time with our younger two, um, and just kind of, you know, walking them through their copy work and, um, we do map drawing. So our kids are drawing maps and we do nature journaling and, and narration and just a lot of things. I, uh, anything but a workbook we're doing <laughs> except except for you know with math my kids all use workbooks for math mm-hmm. and for upper level science so um yeah that's kind of what we do do they have a set schedule like they do this subject then this subject then this subject or do they just kind of do whatever feels like fun for that time <laughs> of so, the day yeah i determine what we do in the order that we do it for morning basket but then okay. when they go off to do their independent subjects they just know what needs to be done mm-hmm. before lunch and and i let them choose what order they do it in as we we, we do formal lessons before lunch and then mm-hmm. after lunch our kids are um doing all kinds of learning yeah initiated by themselves but um yeah okay all right i love that all right. Let me ask you another question. I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm going to take another little detour here because it's a question that I ask all the time, because I know it's one of the hardest things that parents, um, have to learn. And, and, you know, I'm still learning in my, you know, 12 years of homeschooling, still trying to figure this out. How do you motivate your kids and teach them to be independent learners? Cause you said that your older kids are more independent, of course, um, than your younger kids. How did you teach them to be independent and to kind of go off on their own and figure out, all right, this is what needs to be done. And this is what I'm going to do without getting distracted by everything else in their world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, each of their personalities is different, you know, Mm -hmm. are different. And so I have, some of my kids are more naturally just independent and driven to complete something. And so for them, it just kind of comes naturally to them. Um, and then some of my other ones that maybe don't have that wiring. Um, what I've done is I get them their own planner. And and then what we do is, is together, we'll write down the goals for each day. We break down their weekly work into the goals for the day, and then they're responsible to check it off. And, and just knowing like, that's what's expected by lunchtime. And so they just need to kind of manage that on their own. And, you know, if it's not done, then, you know, things later are going to be lost, things like that. So I think they're just become motivated. They want to be done by lunch yeah. Um, with those type of lessons. And so that they can do their own types of learning in the afternoon. So I think that's very motivating that they know there's an end, that yeah. they meet their goals and then they get to control that that's the end of their school day. Yeah. Um, and so that really helps. Yeah. Do your older kids help your younger kids with any of their yeah. subjects? Yeah. Sometimes they do. And that's so sweet. That's something I, I, you know, homeschooling was unfamiliar to me. I was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. I went to school. And so yeah. seeing my kids um, helping one another on their own, I don't even sometimes ask. I'll have one of my one of my older sons will read a science book to my daughter and it, and and then actually explain it to her, too. It's just the sweetest. And I, I love 
um, the way that that helps everybody yeah. learn, including the one reading, you know, yeah. to them. So, so cool. And yeah. building relationships. I love that yes. so much. Yes. Okay. Back, back on the minimalism road. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have all these questions rolling around in my head. Yeah. Um, okay. So you talked about how, um, more is not always better. Um, you know, less sometimes is, is more, um, and you're not talking about just with less curriculum, you're talking about less time spent on these things. Um, what is your next point? Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to purchase intentionally. I think sometimes mm -hmm. we can get so excited. You know, you go to a garage sale or a used book sale at the library and you can start grabbing all these great books. I know I love curriculum. I love reading through books and, and I love collecting them and trying to get them. But then what happens is we kind of can put too much on our kids. And so I think just really having those priorities, eliminating the clutter, um, choosing quality over quantity, and then taking those values to the store when you're purchasing curriculum for your kids and really just remembering all of that and kind of having that person with the small apartment in your mind. What if you could only have the things that fit in a small apartment? What yeah. would you pick? Um, that really does kind of help narrow it down to the very, you know, the most valuable. And then just, um, you know, kind of asking yourself, three questions when you're purchasing curriculum. Do I, do I, will I use this? Do I need it? And will we love it? And you know, not everybody loves math. So you're going to have to find a math curriculum, even if people don't love it. There are certain times where you're not going to love it and you still have to right. do it. But in general, if you could love it and your kids could love it, how great is that? And, and there's so many options out there. Um, so to try to narrow in on those things, I think really helps build just a really great homeschool. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the greatest um, things that homeschool moms can do when they're looking at a curriculum is try to find a friend um, who has that same curriculum and ask mm -hmm. them, you know, can I borrow this for a week or two weeks and really dig into it and try it with your kids to see if it's something because it can get so expensive too. I mean, yes, you know, there's a lot of great curriculum out there, but and, and that for a really low price. But when you just keep buying one after another <laughs> right. after another, it can add up very quickly. And then, you know, people end up saying, well, I can't afford to homeschool. Well, that's because you're buying 20 <laughs> different, many. you know, textbooks or whatever it is that you're looking for in a year. And it gets to be very, very expensive. And so as a community, I think it's great to be able to share with one another what we have and say, so, you know, mm -hmm. try this out. I've done, I've swapped curriculum with so many friends and it has been such a great blessing to our family and to their families as well. Um, because then you don't have to spend the money on something that might not work yep. for your family. So yeah, my good stuff. Okay. All right. What's next? Um, that's really, I, I feel like those are kind of the primary things that, that I would say to really in a nutshell, have the principles of minimalism shaping a really quality homeschool, mm -hmm. um, you know, decluttered space and, and all of those other things would be kind of the, the best route to take. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Well, we're out of time today, but we're going to come back tomorrow and tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about history and about joyful history. We're going to focus on that for just a little bit because I know that you are passionate about history and you have some really fun, um, 
things that families can do to help learn history and make history really exciting. So thank you so much for being with me again today, Anne. And thank you guys for listening. Again, Anne will be with me next week for the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. If you haven't signed up yet, go to the website right now, sign up homegrowngeneration.com. Use the code HG25 to get 25% off of your registration. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.